All right, for the third time this afternoon, I know you don't know the first two, but here we go. For the third time this afternoon, we are going to try to give you the third of our Christmas sessions. This will be the last one. Remember, uh, we want some feedback from you. If you think we should share this with, with all those who listen to us, we have a, a large group. Of, let me say, we have a number of folks who listen, who listen to the podcast. We're so thankful for that. But we have some folks who also listen uh, our, on, our, on my story in Facebook. We post some things there. And we said that we would not post the Christmas sessions there unless you, you know, those who hear it on the podcast say, no, they need to hear that. And so we'd love to hear from you if you think we should share it with, with, our, with our family that listen uh, on our My Story page on Facebook. Let us know. You say, why are you doing that? Well, obviously, the desire is to grow the podcast audience. That, that is the venue I believe will stick around. I am not sure about Facebook, the way they're going. And things are doing. I'm not sure a year from now you'll be able to do podcasts like this and, and and record them on Facebook. Also on Facebook, we do our live videos and our services and other things. We're going to have one, have two tomorrow. We're going to have the uh, our church service, and then we're going to have our choir special music. By the way, if you're anywhere near South Macomb Baptist Church and you can come, join us tomorrow at five o'clock. Our choir, socially distanced choir, <laughs> is going to share. I think they call it Salvation Song, but it's awesome, and they do great, and we'd love to have you. All right, Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 20. Now, I hope that you have your copy of God's Word. I hope that you're, you're there, Luke chapter 2, verse 20. As you turn there, let me say this, Merry Christmas to you. We are excited uh, about Christmas this year. This is a little different for us. That Last year was, whew, man, it was crazy last year. We retired in, in September, the last, you know, the first of September was our last day, and and even though we had taken two weeks vacation before that, and we, we moved, and gosh, we moved all the way through October. Then in December, Chrissy ha- uh, Kathy had her surgery on her knee. And so uh, last Christmas was kind of a stationary, don't move, don't do much. And um, But this year we have been able to celebrate and rejoice and, and do some things we didn't get to do last year. And we are enjoying every minute of it, and I hope you're getting to do the same. I know the year's been tough and difficult for a lot, but Merry Christmas. Do your best. Enjoy it. Luke chapter 2, verse 20. By the way, I want to remind you, this is the last of our Christmas sessions, as I said, and we're looking for some help from you. We share these podcasts, and they stay in the library, and you'll be able to go back and look. But a lot of times, we will share uh, some of our regular podcasts on Facebook and then put them on my story, and we're there about 24 hours, and people can listen, and, and we have some people who do that, and I love that. It helps grow our family, and it helps the. Uh, our, we hope what is somehow touch people's lives. Well, having said that, we decided that we would let you have a voice, our podcast audience, as to whether or not we share these on on my story. Why are we doing that? I have no clue. Just seem to be way God led. I, I don't. I don't have twelve reasons for it. I don't have six. I don't have six letters that make share with it. <laughs> okay, uh, we're just trying to give you some ownership and some input to what the ministry does here. And so, if you think yes, we should share these with our with our my story audience, let us know. You can email us at dspreacherman at gmail dot com. All lowercase dspreacherman at gmail dot com, or you can contact us on the Facebook DK Ministries. Okay, here we go. Luke chapter 2, verse 20. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, now this is the story of the shepherds who have gone into the manger. Uh, I mean, she's gone into the, the, the barn, the stable, whatever you want to call it, and saw the baby lying in the manger. We know that the wise men came, but we also know uh, that when they came, the baby was in a house. Uh, you know, this Bible is very clear there. Uh, how long Jesus was in the manger, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. It doesn't change anything in, in our songs and celebrations. A way in a manger is as real today as it was that night he was in that manger. And that these shepherds went that night and saw this child in the manger. I was thinking the other day, I, I, this is kind of a side. You know, there's some wonderful Christmas pictures and portraits. And I've seen people who have been on vacations and uh, this time of year, man, they are sharing some wonderful pictures on Facebook. And I got to thinking the other day, what picture that celebrated Christmas? I got to think about my, all my artistic friends, and I got a lot of people. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler, and I got people who can freehand beautiful stuff. And I was thinking, boy, if one of them was to say, well, Danny, what could I draw for you? I w- and I thought, you know what it would be? It would, it would be a picture of the shepherds seeing that child for the first time in the manger. I wonder what that was like. I wish I had a picture of it. Anyway, uh, that's an aside. So we see these shepherds going in there, that baby's in the manger, and my goodness, life has changed. You know, lately, 
I've been seeing on Facebook a discussion about the doctrine, the belief, the teaching, once saved, always saved. Now, a lot of people right now, they've looked at other people's lives who, who don't fulfill what they think people should fulfill, who don't follow through what they think people should follow through, and whose lives apparently don't continue to give the appearance of being saved. And so what they do is they doubt the doctrine of once saved, always saved. And I tell you, I don't doubt that doctrine. I believe in it. But I do believe there's a difference between getting a warm, fuzzy feeling in a service or being begged to come down front or whatever you want to say and really meeting Christ. And when, when I say really meeting Christ, I believe these shepherds who went to the manger met Christ. And so half of what I say here is the way I imagine the shepherds know you're right. Absolutely. You're pointing your finger at the whatever you listen to. So you can't prove a thing about that. You're absolutely right. You wouldn't say. But what I can do is tell you. I've known some people who've come to Christ, lived for Jesus, and, well, these are the things I see in their life, and I think it's a thing was in those shepherds' life, because when they went in that in that barn, when they went in that stable, they saw that baby in the manger, they knew they had seen God's greatest gift. And so here's some things I think the shepherds had from this night on, and I hope we have as well. Number one, I think they had a Christ-centeredness. Listen, here's what, the difference between people who are really saved and those who aren't, people who really know the Lord and those who only know about the Lord, is a Christ-centeredness. Man, it doesn't matter. They may falter. They may fail. They may make human silly mistakes, which we which we understand is really sin uh, and is detriment, and that's detrimental to our soul and our spirit and everything else. But they always have in the center this desire to please Christ, desire to be close to Christ. And my new job is a hospice chaplain. And yes, it's it, I love it. And no, I haven't got word as to whether or not they're going <laughs> to <laughs> They're going to keep me. I'm going to tell you, I laugh at it, but I, I have lowered the IQ quotient when I walked into that building. Ooh. But anyway, I've met some wonderful people, and I've had to use GPS all the time. Now, part of it is I don't know the area that well. I, you know, I thought I knew Macomb a little bit. I thought I knew Magnolia a little bit, and I thought I knew Summit a little bit. And I'm telling you, I, I, I knew it a middle school bit, all three of those. And I am learning, and I'm having to use the GPS all the time, and I'm finding that sometimes it's wrong. It's just wrong, wrong, wrong. And sometimes it's not even close. But when Christ is the center of your life, and you focus on him and stay near him, you're always in the right place. So I think these shepherds from that day on had a Christ-centeredness. I do. Even before he died on the cross, I believe what they saw in the manger made a difference in their life. I think from that day forward, they had a highly festive attitude. I think there was great joy. Uh, a friend of mine, you say, glory or glory be. And uh, I think it was like that. Another friend of mine years ago, uh, he, someone he listened on, uh, to on TV or radio, I can't remember which, uh, he would say, can I get a witness? And so he got, he got to pick that up. Can I get a witness? And he would say that. Uh, in our, in our day, a lot of people said, praise the Lord. And then, uh, today's, you know, uh, moniker has become be blessed or I'm so blessed or, or things like that. Well, whatever the, whatever the attitude is or whatever it is, I believe it rises and it gets up. There's a rising, uh, there's that festive attitude at Christ centeredness and there's a rising expectation. Yes, I got the numbers wrong. I'm so excited about what I'm talking about today. <laughs> I cannot. I'm sorry. I cannot stay on track. I'm going to try to do better. And no, I'm not starting over. Here we go. So there's a Christ-centeredness. There's a highly festive attitude. Then, you know, one of the one of the most festive times in, 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 in churches that I belong to have been fellowship time. Everywhere I've ever been, Greenville Springs, my, my home church, where I was saved and served for eight years as an associate pastor. No, they don't use that title much anymore. Uh, Spring Creek was that for 28 years and served as, quote, unquote, the senior pastor. And then now at South Macomb, where uh, almost for a year now, I have been the interim pastor. Uh, there have been times of fellowship. Now, we had to stop that in March at South Macomb for those who point fingers and wag and, and those you think are being socially distanced and all that other stuff. You can keep that finger to yourself because we socially distance. We don't pass the offering plate. and We don't do the fellowship. No, no more like that right now. But we will. I know that's not good English, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be great to get back to doing that. It just brings that joy, that highly festive attitude. It reminds me of the psalmist, and yes, I quote him all the time. He's one of my favorite. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. My friend, if you're sitting in the pew and you've been, you look like you've been eating a, a lemon sandwich all day, something's wrong there. I'm telling you, those guys that went in that stable, man, they rejoiced. Uh, there was an inclusion of others. I don't believe the shepherds kept this story to themselves. I don't know how many shepherds there were. The Bible doesn't say 
I think that small group of shepherds shared with everybody they met and the people who they could talk to, and they included them. One of the tragedies of today's modern church is we are sometimes exclusive of others. We exclude them, leave them out. We should not shame on us. We should include other people. I think those shepherds, changed by what they saw at the manger, begin to seek him above everything else. You know, for years, uh, Jewish people had told the story of the coming Messiah. They had, they had, they had explained to their children, to their grandchildren, to one another, what God was going to do. And I think they began to really <sighs> tell that story with great fervor after they walked into that, into that barn and that stable. You know, I'd love to see the face on those shepherds. I wish one of my artist friends, I have a number of them, would, would sketch me a picture, the facial expressions on those shepherds. I'd love to, I'd love to see what people think there. But I believe, man, I believe there was a face of them beginning. You know, their life was changed, and they saw him that day on. I, they trusted the timing. You know, the Bible says Paul wrote in the fullness of time, and the, and the Jews had been looking a long, long time, and. And the keeping of this promise, a lot of people thought was overdue. But I think as soon as they saw that baby in the manger, those shepherds understood that God's timing was right on time, that it was right, it was perfect, and it was ready. And I think they trusted that timing. I think that day gave light to meaningful expressions. I do, I do, I do. Now, I know I've already kind of talked about it, but you know, nowadays, I guess be blessed, or I'm blessed. Uh, that's kind of become the meaningful expression of the day here so often. And, and no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, downplaying it or, or saying it's not good, but I just think that, I just think it's a reminder that from that time on, when those shepherds saw that child, I think they begin, maybe they said, oh, what a baby. Maybe they said, oh, wow, what a child. Or they say, praise the Lord for what he has done and what he is going to do. But I believe they begin to speak in meaningful ways and begin to explain to one another, hey, God is up to something good. It used to be a song. Uh, we don't sing, I couldn't tell you last time I sung anywhere I've been, but God is up to, you know, God is up to something good. I think Doug Odom made that popular. If you can go find that out, you had to look. I think the title of the song, I Just Believe Something Good Is Gonna Happen. That was the name of the song. I, never mind, you don't want to hear me sing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so I believe they trusted time and it had meaningful expressions. I believe there was an attitude adjusting in their life. Listen. When you stand before Jesus, it changes things. When you stand before Jesus, so saying, stand before change when you make him his Lord and Savior. I'm not here to argue, debate, or, or do anything else with theology, but I am telling you, meeting Jesus changes everything. It does. And, and those who meet Jesus are never the same. Those who come to Christ are never the same. I'm not saying they don't fall, they don't falter. Uh, falter. I'm not saying they don't fall for Satan's tricks for once in a while or all that. But like that child, that prodigal child we talk about and we preach on and think about, even when he got in the pig pen, he knew who Sonny's was. And I believe that we know when we fail and falter and we come to our senses, as the Bible says about that prodigal, we get back and make our way back to the Savior because we, we do our attitude adjustment. And finally, this is the last thing I'll tell you about the shepherds today in our third Christmas, third and last Christmas session. I think there is some salvation sharing. I'm telling you, I believe they love to share the story. A friend of mine the other day uh, gave God praise and glory for the ability to share the gospel. No, without the, I don't know, have no clue if the person he shared with prayed to receive Christ that day, if he's prayed to receive Christ since, but I do know this. He was thankful for being able to share. Man, what a great thing when you get an opportunity to just share your faith with others and tell people about Jesus. I believe those guys <coughs> who went in that barn, went into that stable, however you want to say it, whatever you want to say, saw that child in that manger. I believe they begin this to share the story of salvation. Well, let me give them all to you. This is the last one. I want you to, uh, I want you to listen to it. I want you to learn from it. I want to know what you think. Should we share it with others? Should we let our, I uh, really be our Facebook audience uh, here. You say, well, why aren't we doing that? If I hadn't told you, you know, like I said, this is the second or third time I've done this because uh, something happened the first two. Anyway, um, if if it was on another one and not, not this one, I'll tell you for the first time. If it was on this one, I just forgot, I'll tell you for the second time. We want you to be part of the ministry here. And one way we do that once well, I'll just give you a chance to, to say, hey, I think this, I think you should do this or that. And so if you think these Christmas sessions is one, two, three of them, 
If you think there's something that we should share with others, let us know. If not, don't say nothing. That's okay. We'll just keep them moving on file. If you don't think it's worth it. But if you think we've said something in these sessions that, that our Facebook family would love to hear, let us know. You say, Brother Danny, why don't you just share on Facebook? Well, we're trying to grow a Facebook audience too. We do the live videos from our worship services and, and other things that we do. But here's the deal. I am not sure where the way Facebook is going that we're going to be able to do that much longer. I'm just not. I, the way they're going, the people who are running it, I'm just not I'm just not sure they're going to allow us, continue to allow us, I guess I should say, to share the good news of Christ in that way. And so we're trying to build up our our, our podcast crowd. I feel like we'll always be able to do this. It's a little different venue. You do this. Yeah, we'll see. I may be wrong. And you say, well, why don't you use another another social media site? Well, we have joined Parlor. And we like Parler, and we're at DS Preacher Man with a capital D. But Parler is a different deal. <laughs> I thought Facebook was, you know, interesting when I got started that. And I certainly haven't mastered it, so don't call and ask me for opinions. But man, Parler, oh my gosh, oh, I like it. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Uh, we plan to stay there. Uh, but as far as I know, as far as I can see, you can't do videos on Parler. And I know people do, um, what is it, uh, YouTube videos and things. Even there, I'm not sure that five years down the road, two years down the road, maybe a year down the road, that'll happen. So, so we want to bring as many along to our to our podcast audience as we can. We hope that you'll listen. Listen, uh, we want you to be included in the ministry. So if you think, yeah, let others, you know, this might be something worthwhile, share it with them, and we'll do it. Okay, a thought for the day. That's what we always try to give you is a thought for the day in this last Christmas session. Well, the, the thought is multiple perhaps. But let me share it with you and see if you don't like it. Let us be like the shepherds who had a Christ-centeredness, who had a highly festive attitude, who suddenly, because of that baby, found themselves with rising expectations, and who, because of what happened in that manger, began to include others in the good news of the gospel of Christ, who sought him above everything else and trusted the timing of God, who began to speak in meaningful expressions of changed lives, who had attitude adjustments along the way, and who began to share salvation experiences with those they met. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're saying. I don't care. No, I can't prove it. I can't take you. I can't name a single shepherd, but I'm telling you, I have, well, 40 plus years now of walking with the Lord. And I've met a lot of folks who, who've come to Christ. And I've met a lot of folks who made warm, fuzzy decisions. And the ones who made warm, fuzzy feelings, yeah, they fell away. But those who made real decisions and came to Jesus, I am telling you, they are still hanging in there today. And I see these things in their life, and I see these things in the shepherds. I hope people see these things in you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Share, share, share. Share this with people who own podcasts. And let us know. DS Preacher Man at gmail.com, all lowercase. Let us know if you think we should share these with our Facebook family, that part of our ministry family. DS Preacher Man at gmail.com, all lowercase. Uh, look us up on the Facebook, as my friend says. I hadn't said that in a while. Felt good to say it. Look us up on the Facebook. I know I got it twice. I had to say it a while. I look us up there and, and, and contact hey, the key ministry. Say, hey, yeah, yeah, share those sessions. Just let people see so they decide for themselves. Uh, share, share, share. So whatever you want us to do, just let us know. Enough people seem to care enough to let us know. Well, we'll share them with our Facebook family. Well, guys, we got to go. We're at that magical time where if we don't go, people stop listening. <laughs> they have stopped a long time ago. <laughs> Listen, we love you. Merry Christmas to you. I hope that this season you have remembered that Jesus is the reason. But if not, start today. You start today. It's Saturday. If you listen today, then you got the rest of the week through Friday to tell, to share that Jesus really is the reason for this season. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, good to see you today. I hope that you um, are having a very Merry Christmas season and that you are doing everything you can to celebrate and enjoy uh, Jesus Christ, the reason for the season. Yes, I know it's Christmas and I'm uh, I'm making the most of it as I can as we, we begin because today's podcast isn't going to have anything to do about Christmas once we get to the subject matter. I want to tell you that I hadn't forgotten what it is. I also want to remind you that we have three available podcasts now on our in our podcast library. It has to do with Christmas and Christmas sessions. I hope 
uh, that you'll be there, and I hope that you'll listen. And the last one, by the way, I think I marked it wrong. I put facial expressions. That is the last one. I hope that you'll enjoy it and go there if you listen to the other two. I hope you check us out on the podcast. We have a large number. We have a number of folks. Say that right. We have a number of folks that listen to us uh, through my story on Facebook. We're so appreciative of them. We are trying to grow the podcast audience, though, because as I as I tell them, I'll tell you, I'm not sure a year from now what Facebook is going to do. I'm not sure we'll be able to share this on Facebook much longer, the way they're going, the way they're acting, the things they're doing. And so we are trying to prepare for that time. And one of the things we want to do is build our podcast audience. Yes, I know a lot of people have gone to YouTube and some other things. We haven't done that because the guy who does our, our Bible teaching is not very tech savvy. And so he struggles with that. And uh, and so maybe I'll have to get better. Oh, yeah, that's me. Maybe I'll have to get better at it. Maybe I'll have to figure it out. Maybe i have to call in reinforcements or help uh, if Facebook shuts us down or shuts that kind of stuff down. But while they allow it, we're going to continue to do it. We are, yes, on Parlor. Uh, Parlor is a different animal. If you haven't been on there, it is different. Uh, but they do not have, as far as I can see, uh, they do not have the ability to share the videos. I hadn't seen that. And so uh, that we share, you know, from our services. I can put the podcast, but not the videos. And so if you go to Parlor, you can look us up and DK Ministries. We do click them on Parlor from time to time when we remember. We haven't been as faithful uh, putting them on Parlor as we have Facebook because the audience isn't there for Parlor. We're just really getting started. And man, I'm telling you, so many people on Parlor that are well known and uh, heard of. And, and so it's hard if you're an individual. I think sometimes you get noticed. And that's not a criticism. I, I like Parlor. I like the things that the people I follow there. It, good information. But from the ministry standpoint, it's a little hard to get started. So anyway, uh, there you know uh, where we're at, what we're doing. And so Merry Christmas to you. However, and I forgot to tell you, so I'll tell you now. If you'll turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. We're going to read uh, 24 through 30. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. And as I said, at least for the podcast study part, we're turning the page or looking another spot toward Christmas. One of the things that happens in uh, this year, it has really happened, and a lot of us have, well, we've caught ourselves, we found ourselves victim of it. One of the things that happens, we have the enemy who fools us, who, uh, well, he does everything he can to defeat us. And I want to remind ourselves of that, remind us of some things when it comes to the enemy, what he's doing, how how he's doing it, and what his goal is, because I'm afraid so many people have gone to sleep at the wheel. And I know that was an old band, but I couldn't tell you one of their songs, but anyway. And I want to wake us up, and I want to do that by looking at the parable that Jesus read. I love the parables. I always love the parables. M- one of my first preaching assignments was in the in, uh, a preaching and teaching assignments when the parables. <laughs> I think I told the story. I tell it before. Uh, when I was a, a when I was just getting started, went on staff at Greenville Springs. My pastor became just a great friend of mine. Uh, he one day he had this great idea. I come in from the class. He said he called me in the office, and we had an impromptu staff meeting. And he said, listen, I just got this great idea. What we're going to do is we're going to take turns preaching on some different topics and themes on, on Sunday nights, I believe it was. And I said, great, man. He says, yeah, and I'm going to take the first one and I'm going to preach on the love of God. And I said, man, that's great. That's awesome. Tripping. He said, you're going to do the second one and it's on tidy. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> oh, then I remember my job description, which basically said, you do whatever the pastor doesn't want to do or assigns you to do. So, so really, I, my first real uh, assigned task for preaching was on tithing. But after that, I, <laughs> I got to do the parables. The parables I loved, that first tithing sermon, I'm not... <sighs> I'm not so glad. I'm not so sure. I know this. No one ever asked me to come back and preach that sermon again. <laughs> okay, Matthew 13, 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you not want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, at least while you gather up the tares, you also uproot uh, the wheat with them. Let them both grow together to the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say the reapers first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. 
They gather their wheat in my barn. Uh, now listen, there are so many things to be said about this parable, so many lessons to learn, and, and I, I will not even try to cover them all. I won't even cover, I'm sure I won't even talk about all that I, that I could think of today. But I do know this, the first thing, let me give you two words, active and aggressive. We have an enemy that is active and aggressive. I am telling you, he's doing everything he can. That's why it's so important that we put all the good stuff in our life that we can because he keeps throwing bad stuff. Man, whether it's on the TV, on, on, the, on the radio, or oh, on, your, on your social network sites, on your, on your exploring the internet or just looking, I'm telling you, he throws every bad thing he can at you. He'll make sure that you catch every bad headline and every bad thought, all that other stuff. We got to make sure we keep planting good seeds. He is active and aggressive, but number two, he can be overcome. Or the second part of that, if you'll do it that way, he can be overcome. Uh, we have an enemy, but the truth is, is not often uh, who we think it is. Uh, we often accuse the wrong party or person of being our enemy. And we often hear others say it might be this one or that one when it's not. Uh, Jesus in John chapter 10 made clear who our enemy is. And well, he's active and aggressive, I said. But let me give you a third one. It starts with A2. I'm so proud of myself. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know me, you know that's not my gift. <sighs> he's always in the attack mode always in the attack mode. I am telling you, there is never a time that he isn't trying to attack. You say, what do you mean? Well, I just let me give you some simple things that, that I know about the enemy, that I have learned about the enemy, that I observed about the enemy, that I have experienced from the enemy. Let me give you some simple things and I'll just leave it there. Number one, I know this enemy will use everything and everyone he can upset, disrupt, discourage, defeat you. He will. He'll use your best friend. He'll use your spouse. He'll use your preacher. You say, what? I, oh, he will. Let the preacher <coughs> let the preacher preach on tithing and you'll you know, people get upset about it. Let the preacher preach on sharing the gospel. People get upset about it. Let the preacher preach on missions and people say, oh, I don't want to hear that. He'll use everybody, anybody he can. This enemy will use everything and everyone. Not only is he active and aggressive? He is always in the attack mode, and he uses everything. You'll be sitting in church and and think about praising the Lord, and he is throwing darts your way, those spiritual darts, and they when they begin to hit and they begin to take effect. Oh my goodness, I'm telling you, it, it can get tough and difficult and hard. And if you're sitting there shaking your head, no, 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 no. I am telling you, yes, 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 yes. Talk to people, look around, hear them talking. You will find and understand they have an enemy. You have an enemy. I have an enemy. And he's always aggressive. He's always on the move. He's always doing everything he can uh, to get us. And he's always in the attack mode. And he'll use anything and everything and everyone that he can. We have an enemy who a lot of people have called a lot of names over time, and yet he's the same one time after time. Uh, when I first got saved, uh, I listened to a guy on the radio. Love that guy. He, I, I didn't necessarily always agree with his theology. He wasn't, a, uh, he wasn't a, a Southern Baptist or a Baptist, but he was a great old preacher. And he called him Slewfoot. <laughs> he called him Slewfoot all the time. Well, whatever you call him. Serpent, the snake, the wicked one, the evil one, Satan himself, dragon, the beast, whatever you call him. He's our enemy. He's not to be coddled. He's not to be, you know, he's not to be put up with. He's not to be accepted nor encouraged. He is our enemy. And no matter what name you call him, remember, go back and look in the book of Ephesians. You have been, you have been called and equipped to defeat him, not to run from him. Go back and look at the full armor of God. And the Bible talks about putting on the full armor of God. That's not for today. We don't have time for that. But if you go back and look at where it talks, there's nothing for the back because we were never meant to run from Satan. We were meant to run over him. And the reason he catches us and hits us and is able to shoot us down is because we have turned our back on him. My friend, my friend, my friend, let's turn around and let's face him head on. Let's run him over by our bus instead of letting him run us over with his. Amen? Okay, here we go. So we have an enemy who used everything and everyone he can. We have an enemy who will be and has been and probably will, has yet to be called names that we hadn't thought of, but he is the same one time after time after time. And by the way, while he is not good in any way, he is good at what he does. I have begun to say that in the last four or five years. I don't even know how long right now. 
but I am amazed at this evil one that is so good at what he does. I mean, he can make a mess of everything. I, I, I think he brought broccoli into the world. <laughs> at least Brussels sprouts. Anyway, okay, now that we've offended those who like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, let's move on. Uh, Satan will do everything he can. To, to mess you up, mess you over, mess you around, uh, to divide, to discourage anything you want to say, call him whatever name you want. He is our enemy. We have an enemy who will use many people, our attitudes, and our things against us, including our own faults and behavior. All of us have things in the past that we have probably been forgiven of and we've confessed, but I'm telling you, he will bring them to mind and he will never let it go. And I have to remind him once in a while, hey, look, you know, God's already forgiven that. God's forgotten that. And I'm not dwelling on that. You do what you want to with it. I'm going to move on because God has moved on. And I've got other things to do and other places to go. And I ain't going with you. So there you go. Yep, he will He will do it. People, attitudes, things, anything he can find, even our own thoughts and behavior. I mean, he'll make you question your motives and he'll make you act with the wrong motive. He'll turn. He will turn your attempt to do good into something that's less than that. Let's just say it, okay? Because we have an enemy. And he, listen, he's active and he's, he doesn't give up. And unfortunately, he doesn't go on. We have an enemy who attacks old and young alike. He just never, he just never gets tired of it. He continues uh, to attack and continues to do what he can to bring division and discouragement or that he can into our lives so that we will, well, so that we'll give up, so that we'll not be what God wants us to be. You say, well, Brother Danny, what do we do? Well, the Bible says, I put on the whole arm of God, having done everything, uh, stand. So let's stand up against him. Let's don't let him have an inch. Let's don't let him have a, have a place in our life. You know right now uh, that that enemy is seeking to do anything he can to damage your witness, to damage your testimony, and, and to bring discouragement and defeat to your life. So do not, do not let the enemy have a place in your life. You say, okay, listen, give me some reminders of things the enemy does. Well, first off, he's always seeking to cause problems. It doesn't matter. Every family, every church, every classroom, every job, Every situation, he's seeking a way to cause problems. He's always stirring the pot. Oh, I know. I, some of you are, you know, you always like to keep a little joke going, something, a little laugh. But that's what I'm talking about. This guy, this enemy, Satan himself, whatever you want to call him. Man, he is looking to stir the pot because he wants to bring trouble. He's always trying to bring the spirit, dampen the spirit. That was once overjoyed. Man, if he can just quieten your witness down. See, he knows he can't take your salvation. No, don't don't get confused. Don't get discouraged. He can't do that. But if he can but if he can dampen the spirit, well, he'll do it because that's what he does. Okay, let's move on. He's always raking over the coals, that's that they don't agree with, or buy into what he's doing. Uh, he'll find a way. Listen, I am telling you. He will find a way, and you know this, I know this, he will find a way to rake us over the coals, to bring us into you know, a bad place. And Well, we just got to make sure that we're careful and cautious. He's doing everything he can to take away from the ministry and add to the misery. Let me say that again. He's doing everything he can to take away from the ministry and add to the ministry, the misery. Why do you think that so many churches always having trouble? Why do you think that so many church leaders, quote unquote church leaders, always bringing division and discouragement because Satan has gotten in and he has stirred the pot? Instead of ministry, we got misery. Satan's always invested himself in dividing. Not building, but dividing. I heard a friend one time I say he thinks sometimes church, that God brings division in churches, you know, so he can get new churches. I just don't believe that. God's not the author of confusion. God's not the author of confusion. I do believe all things work together for good for those who love God and called according to his purpose. I do think that in the midst of trouble, difficulty, and nastiness, God has brought great victory. But if we go back to the root out of it, it's usually of Satan himself. We have an enemy who only seeks to get what they want. And he'll do anything to get it. Anything to get it. Oh, I'm going to stir the pot here, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it. 
In this last election cycle, say what you won't think what you will, and disagree with me if you have to. But there is no doubt there was some tampering going on. Was it enough to overthrow the election? I kind of think it was. When I begin to read everything, I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that, and a lot of people don't agree with it, but I think it was. But I've noticed the response of some people who will not really deny that it happened. They just don't care that it happened because they wanted something else. Listen, this isn't a political debate, but I'm telling you, when I see and hear some of these folks, I'm reminded, I'm not calling them satanic, don't, don't put words in my mouth, but I'm reminded they are giving us a living example of Satan himself who only seeks to get what he wants. And some of these politicians today, they wanted to get rid of the current president so they could go back to the old way because apparently he brought a new way, a different way, and they didn't like that. And you can like it or dislike it. It's up to you. I'm just telling you. Read the stories. Look what's happened. You can see a lot of people only seeking to get what they want. And then finally, we have an enemy who will allow you, lead you to name others as the problem while he's really the one adding to the troublesome situation. Well, the parable as it began, and I know that um, we overlooked it. We run through it quickly. We haven't really referred to it again in the in the teaching. But in the parable, the admission is that good seed was sown. In your life and in my life, good seed is sown. But we need to make sure that we sow into our life as much good seed as we can because the enemy is doing everything he can to make the good seed not take root. In the parable, Jesus simply said, an enemy has done this. The truth is, often you and I could look at our life and look at the mess that develops and we could say, an enemy has done this. Well, don't be discouraged. Don't be defeated. Don't be deflated. We can, by the blood of Christ, through the power of the cross, overcome that enemy that has done its very best to overcome you and I. Well, listen, it is December the 19th. And because of that, I'm going to wish you again a happy, 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 merry, merry, merry Christmas. Enjoy this season. You say, why'd you give us the date there? Well, because I'm hoping in years to come, people will go through the library and they'll turn on this and they may not know what the date is. And I want to remind them why we say that we're getting in, we're getting close to Christmas. Don't know if we'll have another podcast this week. Don't know what God's going to uh, lead us to do. So if we don't, I want to say Merry Christmas. If we do, I'll say it again. <laughs> okay. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, we haven't quite been doing podcast year, so I guess I can't say it's been a great year. But I remember the first podcast, and it is entitled, you got to begin somewhere. So let me say this. You have to end somewhere, too. You do. You have to end there. It has to be a place. Okay, I'm stopping here. My plan, my goal, my heart's desire is not to quit till we get to heaven, and we'll end it there. Well, hoping that's what happens to you and happens to me, that we get to heaven. Praying that God does a great work in our life in between. And by the way, when I say hope, that's not an expression of doubt. That's just an expression of mankind because I have faith that whom Jesus saves, he saves to the other most. You can find that in the word of God. Okay. So anyway, here it is from DK Ministries, from our ministry to your family, from our ministry to you, and especially from me to you. God bless you. We love you. Pray for you. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time. Oh, don't forget. Uh, don't forget. You can catch these podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, uh, you can get them on Apple and other places. Let us know what you think. DSPreacherMan at gmail.com. All our case. Let us know if you are part of the podcast family. If you want to share the Christmas sessions, including facial expressions, which is the last one. Since I messed up, I may want to have to share that one. But anyway, let us know if you want to share these with our Facebook family. If you think it's worth their time. May not be. We did three. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys, listen, Merry Christmas to you. Glad that you're here today. Man, well, it's December 24th. It's Dr. Fauci Day. Oh, that's right. Not here. <laughs> I've been reading articles where I guess kind of on the East Coast or in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, some, um, shall we say, some people who are trying to make the most of the worst, <laughs> trying to make it as bad as they can. They have declared this Dr. Fauci Day. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand that. Even after reading that, I don't understand it. But this is the day before Christmas. I hope that you have celebrated. I hope that you had a good time. I know many of you have, uh, well, you've done like us. You've gone places, done things the best you could with the pandemic. Uh, we've gone to the lights in Tyler Town, Purvis, and Columbia. And I'll tell you where we went. We enjoyed it. 
and uh, we ended our our light excursion uh, in Purvis, Mississippi, the other night. Man, that was <laughs> beyond description. Uh, these people in a you know put put all these lights up in their place, their house, I guess. Uh, I guess they still live there, but oh my gosh, I'm telling you, that was awesome. But so was Columbia. It was worth the ride just to see the courthouse of Columbia lit up like it was. And then Tallertown. We love Tallertown. We we went uh, three times this year to the lights in Tallertown and the park there in the water park. We go every year. And we try, we start going out. We try to go Thanksgiving night. <laughs> so anyway, we've done a lot. I hope you've done a lot. Uh, I hope this year uh, that you have gotten to celebrate, as I said. I know there's been a lot of things. It's been a tough year. I mean, a lot of bad things have happened. A lot of difficult things have happened. Um, and I don't really want to rehash that. And a lot of difficult things open on, uh, you know, happening now. And I don't really necessarily want to go through that. Uh, I know that someone sent uh, last night and you said we live in Walthall County, but Pike County, uh, where our church is, where we are in pastor, South Alcombe Baptist Church in that county. Uh, someone uh, sent last night uh, a set of the new rules or the regulations or whatever for the parish, the county, excuse me. Oh, man. Uh, man, this pandemic is something, isn't it? Well, listen, we didn't come here to talk about that or to celebrate that for sure. Uh, we pray that it gets out of here. We pray that people get well. I know uh, I've got a couple people I know care about who are suffering from the ravages of it right now. We pray for them. What we're going to do is we're going to wrap up our Christmas celebration, not with a Christmas session. There are three of those. Uh, we had told our, our podcast audience that to let us know, and if they thought they were worth saving, we would eventually uh, put them where our Facebook audience and, and friends could see it. And, and they wanted to do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get it to happen. And so if you want to go to Anchor Podcast, look at the Christmas sessions. Uh, I think you'll enjoy them. They turned out uh, they turned out okay. Anyway, we are glad that you're here. We're going to close our discussion of the Christmas season uh, this way. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This instance first took place while Crinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, Judea uh, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there's no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from the men to heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made wildly known, widely known, not wildly, widely known, the sayings which is told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Yes, I wanted to do a better job on that. Uh, I, I never get anything perfect, and I didn't get that perfect. And for those who count, I know I made at least three, three mistakes, and so we'll leave it at that. But I think you got the gist of the Christmas story. Uh, this is something that people read all the time when, at this time of year, and that, that's it's gotten that name. I'm not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong, but the Bible has a lot more to say. Uh, about Christmas than than just that one story, but man, there's some good there. We uh, great things there. Uh, we find the birth of that wonderful, wonderful baby. Listen, this is as we really for many enter the last few hours of of Christmas celebration. For a lot of people, really after lunch tomorrow, Christmas celebration kind of winds down, and life didn't quite get back to normal per se, but it kind of winds down. And maybe life isn't going to be normal for you this year. Maybe you're not going to be with 
people you're normally with. Maybe you're not going to get to visit uh, with people you normally get to spend time with this time of year. And I'm sorry about that. We're, we're, we've been affected by that somewhat. And in fact, uh, we won't be traveling at all uh, tomorrow. And, the, and, and that's very unusual for us. Last year, it's the first year we'd never traveled. Uh, Kathy had surgery. And this year, we won't travel for other reasons. But anyway, uh, we're praying for those who have uh, who are trying to get better. We pray for those who are having difficult days and hard times. Can't get back to family. Uh, we're praying for those who who hurt and uh, the despair. The, the you know the holidays, the emptiness of the holidays because a loved one has gone home recently, and 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 the grief is still real. We pray for you, and we we hope that uh, you'll find God's comfort and peace and direction. Listen, I just wanted to wrap up our discussion. Uh, not with a lot of heavy thought, but uh, just a few reminders about Christmas and things it means to us and what it means uh, that Christmas came. And what really, more importantly, what it means if, well, if God had not done what he did by sending his son. First, we'd have no hope in the world. Without Jesus, there's no hope. There's no salvation. There's no hope. There's no way forward. There's no path to salvation. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the things that's true of our world is that they are, well, they're making it up as they go along. They really are. Whether it's, you know, a new way to live or a different way to live or reject the old way, live this way. Uh, and, and they can't quite make it up. I was reading an article today where uh, people in Hollywood and other places all upset because a particular lady was, was cast for a movie. Now, I don't want to get into that. I just, I just thought, man, you got, really, just don't go see the movie you don't want to. But no, they're all up in arms about it, trying to make people angry and mad and, and, and get their feelings hurt. And Maybe they'll be successful. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know that I'll see the movie, especially if they change the casting. Uh, not because I'm particularly fond of the one that was cast. I have nothing for or against. But just the idea that if you don't do it my way, we're just going to pout and cry. Well, it's not that way in the world. It's not that way to end the life. In life, there's not but one way. That's God's way. And if you've not come to if you've not come to Christ, you're not going to heaven. It's, it's just that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is the, the Jesus is the reason for the season. But Christmas is a reminder that God has given us a word to follow and hope and direction. And to ignore that, well, it's sad. You know, this week Congress and I don't know what's going to happen with it. They pass this enormous bill. And I wrote a couple of articles on it, a post on it on my personal page. And this isn't a place to get into some of that. I know, uh, you know, that's not a political arena. But they, man, they, they gave all this money away and uh, or wanted to give all this money away. It may give it away still. I don't know how that's going to happen, what's going to happen there. But when it was all said and done, they really gave a very small amount to the American citizens, the people that elected them, people that put them in office, and people who they're supposed to be taking care of. And through the pandemic and through everything else, it became clear that politicians don't care about the citizens. You say, get upset if you want. There were six people voted against it. Good for them. Great for them. Appreciate that. But that huge waste of money was a reminder. And you saw the bill, where they gave money to, who they were taking care of, was a reminder that those who say they care for you, don't. Those who, who seek your vote every four years don't really care between. But I'll tell you this, God loves every day. and We have no hope in the world without him. And in the fullness of time, as the Bible says, exactly the right time, the right way, and all everything happened, everything falling together. Christ sent, God sent Christ in the world. The greatest treasure of heaven came to earth to be, well, to eventually be crucified. Yes, I know it's ironic, and I know it's quite a twist. But because of him, we have hope. I, today, I, if you're hurting, if you're grieving, if there's different things going on in your life, I pray for you, but more importantly, Jesus is there for you. And right now, he says, take your burden and lay it on him. You know, just, just lay it all on him. Come to him. Lay everything at his feet. Do that, and, well, you'll have a place to rest. So remember, without Jesus, there's no hope. Number two, without Jesus, without Christmas, we would suffer the price for our own sin. And maybe there's another way to say that. Maybe there, uh, maybe we could say we would suffer the, the cost we would but the truth is, if without Jesus, we pay our own price, and we can't pay the price. He came to earth to pay a debt he didn't know because we had a debt we couldn't pay. Uh, that's an old saying. That's not original with me, and, and there's other things to it, and I'm not trying to repeat it, not trying to copy it, and I'm not trying to steal it. I'm not a politician. <laughs> Several of our politicians have been, been caught lately stealing other people's phrases, if you didn't know. 
But the truth is, because Jesus came, that substitutionary death where he took our place on the cross is in effect. He laid in a manger, but he died on a cross. And because of dying on the cross, we can escape the penalty of our sin. I know, I know, I know you think it's not fair when you look at it like that. Well, it's not. Grace isn't about fairness. It's about the goodness of God. Grace is about what God does for man. And no, you cannot look at human examples of grace and really touch the grace of God. You just can't. There are people who have done way, way more than we could even talk about, dream, or imagine. They've been good to the core, but it doesn't touch or even begin to enter into the grace of God. I have a lot of preacher friends, and I, I read their articles and see their videos and things like that. And every time I, every time I look at one, I realize there's a work of God in a good, positive way. And the guys that I talk about, that I'm talking about here, man, their testimony, sometimes they're mind-blowing. Some of them walked you know, walked a life that was way, way away from God, but, but then in His grace, He touched their life, saved their sin, and, and then called them to preach, and they're sharing God's Word. Others I know who are, who are doing so have, well, they've always, <laughs> they've always been good people. They've never, you know, most people, they've done, done anything wrong. Of course, they're sinners by nature, by choice, like all of us. And they have sinned. But the amazing thing about all these guys, whether it be that one who came to high school and went to a high school youth activity one night and got saved or a revival got saved or a youth camp got saved or whatever it was and never, and never turned away. Or that one who lived in the world for a long time and got way away from God and yet come back. It all speaks of God's grace. Christmas reminds us that we have no hope in the world first, but also reminds us that without, without Christ, we would pay the price for our sin. But with Christ, we are reminded of the grace of God. And God has great grace. Oh, I know there's so many acronyms for grace, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense and all these other things. But I think the greatest example of grace I ever saw reminded of was when I was in seminary. When I was in seminary, now, my son Caleb's in seminary, and you hear me talk about him, but he has a completely different seminary experience than I do. Uh, for one thing, they, they are on semesters. We went uh, quarters or terms when I was there. Uh, they do a lot on the Internet, a lot, you know, especially now with distance learning. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I'm having to go to school now. I talk to kids all the time who are having to do online stuff, talk to teachers. Oh, man, I'm just so glad I, I didn't have to do that. When I was in seminary, I had to do that. When I was in seminary, though, let me tell you the story about grace, how I learned how good grace is, or was reminded how good grace is. By the time I got to seminary, I hope I knew it was good. <laughs> Dr. Van Horn was our teacher in Old Testament. We had a test every day, every day. Now, now we, I used to hear you would have a test every day, and I wondered how that worked. Well, basically, you had to read 100 pages a night in the book. I, yes, I said that right, 100 pages a night. And you would read about these Old Testament characters, and you read, oh my gosh. Now, we had class four days a week. And every every night when we left, when, every day when we left class, we would come back the next day, and we were going to be testing on what we read the day the night before. And, and that um, those quizzes weren't worth a huge percentage of your grade, 9%, 10%, something like that. But you have to remember in seminary, people aren't there just to, just to get by. In seminary, everybody wants to make as good as they can. A lot of people, because they want to do further work, want to make really well to get accepted in doctoral programs and things like that. I'm talking about master's work. And a test you take every day, uh, four times uh, a week, uh, eight, eight times, that's 32 times you take a quiz. You take away a time or two uh, for a test in between, and so you're looking at least you know 29 to 30 times. And while it wasn't a huge part of your grade, it could sure keep you from getting an A and... It could keep you from getting a B. In fact, if you uh, didn't do really, really, really well on the test, uh, then those quizzes, well, they could well, they could mean everything to your grade. And we were nearing the end of the term, and Dr. Van Horn, who was a great, great uh, history professor, uh, Old Testament professor, excuse me, really liked him. Uh, he left him there after I did. I uh, became pastor. Last I heard, he was doing great, which I, I can understand that he had a heart for God. But we walked in class one day, and usually those quizzes were five questions apiece, or five questions a quiz. And um, just straight questions, whatever they'd be. I mean, like one day we were asked about the left, the only left-handed judge in the Bible. Look it up. <laughs> Whew, okay. So one day we walk in, and a few guys, you could tell, are beginning to you know realize that this ain't going to go well for them if things don't get better. 
because they're you know the quizzes are not you know that that are not acing the quizzes, and they didn't do as well on some of the tests as they'd hope, and and so the term is really you know kind of way on them, and so we walk into class and Doctor, uh, <sighs> I forgot his name, but anyway, name won't come to my Van Horn. Thank you, Doctor Van Horn. Uh, I told us to put our books away and just like in grade school, put your books away, close your books, and uh, take out your paper, write your name on it. And so we did. And so generally, that's when he would start asking questions. These tests were, he would ask them, we would answer them. That's how it was done. So uh, he says, okay, now write grace on your paper. In other words, he was giving us an opportunity to make 100 on a quiz. He was teaching us about grace. But oh my gosh, the questions. Oh my goodness. I do you want it in one sentence? You want to cross the page? You want it in big letters? You want it in small letters? All capital? I mean, just they went on and on and on. And finally, somebody said, we'll never tell you who. Hey guys, he's trying to help you out. Just write grace on your paper. Put your name on it. Turn it in. Well, that's what exactly what he was doing. For some, that was the only day they made 100. And for some, I would imagine that day of grace helped their grade. Did it make him get an A? I doubt it. Did it keep him from failing? Possibly so. But hopefully what it did more than anything, I think in Dr. Van Horn's eyes, Van Horn's eyes, well, I'm not trying to talk for him. I'm just trying to make a point. I think he was trying to teach those preacher boys, as they were often called back then, what grace is all about. But the truth is, sometimes people forget what grace is about. We preach it, we, we talk about it, but we forget about it. But I won't because of that one day in that class. And I had to be honest with you. That was a great day for me. I liked I liked having the answers. I liked having these. I, did, I didn't need it, though, to make a good grade. I didn't. I'm not brag. Just stay in fact here. But I think about the guys who did and always remember that was for them a day of grace. And so when I come back uh, to today's lesson, when I think about this day, and I think about, when I think about, when I think about Christmas, I think about not only uh, would we have no hope, but we'd have to suffer the proper price for our sins. But thanks to God's grace and thanks to Dr. Van Horn for teaching this preacher boy about grace, we're okay. If God does not do what he did at Christmas, we'd have no hope. We'd suffer the proper price for our sins and we couldn't complain about it. We'd spend eternity separated from the Lord. I don't know if you can add to that. Without Jesus, no one goes to heaven. It's that simple. He said straight. I know people have turned and twisted and ignored God's word. I know people are saying, well, I know God says this, but I believe that. And I think my belief is more important than what he says. But there's going to come a day and there's going to come a time where they're going to find out they were wrong all along. Because it is all about what God has decreed. But hopefully they will also find that because of God's grace, those times where they were rebellious or just wrong, I've been washed away by the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it was made possible by that baby that Luke talked about so long ago. I don't care what you do this Christmas in many respects, but do this one thing. Remember that Jesus really is the reason for the season. Well, God bless you. We love you. I don't know if we'll talk to you anymore this year. I know a lot of people are busy, and even if we did, uh, probably wouldn't. I uh, have time to listen. I know a lot of radio uh, programs and podcasts and people are taking breaks toward the end of the year. I don't know. We kind of follow God's direction on that. And we'll see. But if I don't, and I and am not led to uh, do another podcast this year, God bless you. We love you. Thank you for listening. Tell others. We appreciate, we appreciate your prayers and support here at DK Ministries. Uh, we have a, a family of people who lift us up, support us, and let us hear from you. Uh, they let us hear from them. Let us hear from you time to time. DSPreacherMan, gmail.com, all lowercase. DSPreacherMan uh, at gmail.com, all lowercase. And also, look us up on Facebook, DK Ministries. Look us up on Anchor, the Proclaiming the Word podcast by DK Ministries. We're on Spotify. We're on um, a number of other podcast venues. Uh, you know, We're on uh, Apple and some other ones. Uh, look us up. Uh, I've been told our library is available there. Tomorrow afternoon, our family is going to celebrate Lord's Supper. We are. Uh, we're going to video that. We're going to live stream that on our ministry page. And we're going to do that because a lot of people in our churches haven't got to hold Lord's Supper because of the 
you know, because of the virus and the the, the precautions. But we're going to do it, and we invite you to join us. And and so I save you some juice, or get you some juice and some crackers. And tomorrow afternoon, uh, we're going to uh, host that together. Uh, I'm going to shoot for about two o'clock. I'll let you know. I'll post it on our ministry web uh, Facebook page. Listen, there's so much. I, I just keep talking. There's so much I want to say. Thank you. God bless you. We love you. I hope that you tell people about our podcast. Tell us what you think. Ideaspreacherman at gmail.com. Hey, Brother Danny, you talk too much. <laughs> it's okay. I can take that. Uh, but whatever you say, keep praying for us. We're praying for you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. And yes, let's have a very happy new year. God bless you. See you next time.